He is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello everyone my name is charlie you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer c.e dorset and we're continuing our series this week on panentheism on how god is in everything and everything is in god on today's episode we're going to be going into a bit more detail looking at this through the eyes of the via positiva the way of bliss in finding God in the world and in each other. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in your app of choice, whatever you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the more chance we have of developing a community and Spirituality is always improved when we can share our experiences with others. Thank you to everybody who does that. Okay, so this is one of those topics that, again, is kind of difficult to talk about for a couple reasons. One, because this is where, when I start talking about this with uh, people in the real world and not via a microphone online, they roll their eyes because they think I'm going to go off onto some tree-hugging screed, or they've already weaponized in their back pocket this, well, what about storms? What about... Okay. So let's actually start there. I do not believe in nature worship. <laughs> I don't. Because I believe that there is only one God, and that God is beyond words. Now, at the same time, I am somebody who comes from a Franciscan tradition, and part of that is me thinking about the Canticle of the Creatures, and Brother Sun, and Sister Moon, and Brother Wind, and Sister Water, and Brother Fire, and Sister Mother Earth, and Sister Death, that are the creatures that are invoked in that particular prayer. And I have to say that it is a big part of my practice at times to talk to Brother Wind or to Sister Moon. I know the other night I was alone, which is not very common for me. My husband had to go away on a family trip that we couldn't afford two tickets for me to go with him. And so I was sitting out under the sky looking up at the beautiful full moon. And I just felt like talking to her. And it wasn't out of devotion. It wasn't out of worship. It wasn't out of anything. It was just looking at the beautiful moon and saying a quick thank you for shining so brightly. Because while I was feeling very alone and with just me and my dog and my cat at the time, there was something about that brilliant light coming from the moon 
that made me feel less alone. And in that moment, I saw the presence of God in the moon and said a little thank you to our sister. That may be more hippie than some are comfortable with, but it's not an... I don't want to get into the concepts of dulia and hyperdulia and all of that kind of thing, because that's where we get bogged down in semantics and terms. But I do not pray to the moon. I do not pray to the sun. I do not worship either. But I acknowledge the presence of God in them. There are times when the trees are just so beautiful that I can't help but thank them for their beauty. And in so doing, I am acknowledging the divine in them and the divine working through them. That's not the same as worshiping the tree or the rock. And that's a very important thing. Anything that you worship, if it's not ultimate, I love this idea that Paul Tillich put forward that anything that you worship that is not ultimate is an idol. And for something to be ultimate, it has to be ultimate. It has to be beyond words. It has to be almost beyond your own comprehension. Because the moment you think you have comprehended God, you have made an idol out of words or objects or images. And that idol is not God. And that is one of the lessons that we learn so strongly in creation spirituality and through this idea of panentheism. But at the same time, it is so important for us to remember that, you know, these elements are our brothers and sisters that were made in the fiery forge of creation and that these elements are billions of years old and that they are here with us and they sustain us and they give us life. And so, without worshipping, it isn't beyond our grasp to say just a nice word to Brother Wind, or to Sister Mother Earth, or to even to Sister Death, who will come for us one day, hopefully with a smile on her face. When we pray, when we have these moments of connection to the divine in nature, in the world, in the living in things around us, it grounds us in the nature of life, that all things are in God, that God is the one in whom we live, move, and have our being that one thing that is so easy for us to be distracted from. So I'm not one of those people that would say, go out and hug a tree. Again, we go back to these principles that we're always talking about. Wherever you see beauty, you see God. Wherever you see justice, you see God. Wherever you see glory, you see God. Wherever you see love, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, you see God. These are the divine attributes, the divine energies with which we participate every day. 
learning to see those and recognize those and connecting with those. That, that is what gives us power. That's what gives us strength. That's what gives us faith in everything else. An atheist friend of mine asked me once, how is it that someone like me could believe in God? And I answered quite clearly, because I have seen God in justice, in the love and relationship that we have one with another. When I see those things, I see God. And I know that God is real, that interconnectedness that ties us all together, that makes us all of one family, that life that flows through all of us, that animates us, that is God. And there's no real trick to it. It's not one of those sit, cross-legged, and breathe. And granted, those are all wonderful things. But no, just look at the beauty around you. The beautiful blue sky. The beauty in the clouds and the shapes that they take. The brilliance of the sun. The hollow delight of the moon. The way the trees blow in the wind, the gentle relief of the breeze when it comes on a hot summer day. These are all ways in which we can experience God, because one of the biggest problems in our modern world is that we've shoved God into a corner. God is that thing that we experience when we are either praying, meditating, or in a particular building that has been set aside during a service whose sole intention is to have interaction with the divine. No, God is around us all the time. We wouldn't exist without God. And that's the point of this spiritual path that we're on, is to remind ourselves to see that. And in seeing it, reminding ourselves that we should be participating in those divine energies of compassion and love and wisdom and knowledge and understanding and glory and beauty and justice. In all of those things, we should be united with the Spirit of God to bring the kingdom into this world, to bring all things into Zion where there is no suffering and all the tears have been dried. Maybe someday we'll get there. I can only hope. And I hear our fictive detractor saying, ah, but what about the storms? You know, I live in a place that is prone to storms. Just the other day at the restaurant that we run, the winds were so strong it jerked the door open, and the wind that came through was so strong it started knocking things off shelves. And the wind was so strong that when our chef grabbed onto the handle to pull the door closed, she pulled with so much force, and the wind pulled with so much force, it stripped the screws on the door, on the handle. I, I know storms. Storms are something that I've lived with. I've lived over the years in Texas, in Oklahoma, 
I've been through hurricanes. I've been through horrific snowstorms. I've lived in fear as I listened to the tornadoes go past. Those are parts of nature. And this is where I think people get confused because we have this idea that if there is a God and that God is good, then everything should be good for us. It's an oddly solipsistic way of thinking. It's a very me-focused way of thinking that if it's not good for me and my needs, then it can't be good. And I'm not here to argue that cancer is good or that storm damage is good. But the mechanisms that bring them about, storms come about as the earth tries to regulate its temperature. They're the, almost literally the earth sweating. It's how the hot and the cold mix. It's how the energy gets dispersed. They're neither good nor bad. Now, they can have negative effects on people's lives, and I'm not saying that they don't. But if it weren't for the ability for ourselves to mutate, then we wouldn't evolve, we wouldn't change, we wouldn't develop, we wouldn't grow as a species, and we would end quite quickly. That doesn't make cancer a good thing. It doesn't make disease a good thing. But they, in and of themselves, are neither good nor bad. They are things that exist. They're functions that, in their natural, non-harmful states, are necessary for life. And it is a tragedy, it is a terrible thing, when they afflict us, when they harm people, when they kill people, when they take our loved ones from us, when they take our homes from us. But that is a, that is a subjective bad thing. And that is why, to be quite honest, we need to be seeking God in knowledge. See, this is the big difference between the spirituality that I practice and the one that we encounter so often. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding are energies of the divine. And when we seek those things out, we can find cures for disease. We can find treatments for ailments. We can make things better. It's our own human greed and narcissism and capitalistic drive to make money that puts money into developing erectile dysfunction medications instead of seeking to eradicate disease. There's no profit in eradicating disease. You make money off of treatment. And I'm not, please do not take this the wrong way and do not take me out of context. I'm not saying not to trust doctors and I'm not saying not to trust medicine. But the way we have structured pharmaceuticals in our country, I'm speaking here from the United States, if there's no profit motive in it, 
well, maybe we don't invest so much in that. If the company makes more money treating AIDS, why try to prevent it? Why try to eradicate it? Which is why non-for-profits and governmental grants are the way that those type of treatments usually get found, unless they get found by accident somewhere else. You have to have people like Jonas Salk, who out of the sheer compassion of his own heart, refused to patent the polio vaccine and smallpox. These vaccines could have made companies a lot of money, but they were not patented because everyone should have access to them. This is where we also seek for God in understanding, in knowledge, in wisdom. No, we don't merely sit back and go, oh, disease happens. Disease is natural. Let us find God in the disease. I, I do think it can be helpful, and we'll talk about this a bit in the next episode, to try to find God in our suffering, because it's something that's helped me deal with my own physical suffering over the years. But it's also important for us to seek an understanding of that suffering, a knowledge and gain a wisdom of that suffering, these other parts and powers of God that we participate in that help us cure these diseases and rid our world of them. We almost got rid of measles. We have gotten rid of smallpox and polio for the most part. These are things that we as a species are capable of when we participate in the energies of understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. We just have to put our focus there. You see, when we are looking for God in the world, we shouldn't be using the selfish question of, is it good for me? Because the broader question of, is it good for us, is what is truly important. We seek out the divine energies, and that's why I keep reciting them, so that you will remember them. Look for the beauty, look for the love, the glory, the compassion, the strength, the justice, the understanding, the wisdom, the knowledge. Look for these things. There you will find God, wherever you are. Be it your pet loving up on you after a hard day. That's God. That's a place to find the divine who is there in each of you. And in that moment, the divine energy is flowing. And in that moment, we can find peace and respite. We can find life renewed. It's in the little things. It's in the big things. It's remembering to look. And when we see it, to take a moment to acknowledge it, there it is. And welcoming that energy into our lives, welcoming that experience into our lives, so that it doesn't feel like something distant. God is here, 
present with us in all things. And that's the lesson we learn on the way of bliss. That's the lesson that we learn in the Via Positiva. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please rate this podcast wherever you're listening to me. It really does help out a lot. If you have any questions or comments, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm Wisdom Cries Out. I'm Seraphic Church on Instagram. Still trying to figure out what to do with the Instagram, but I'm working on it. You can also leave a voice message. If you've got a dollar you can throw my way in the show notes, you'll see a link for community support. That money does go to me and helps me to continue doing everything that we do. We run several businesses, but money is very tight for us. And any help that you could give would be greatly appreciated. But don't feel any pressure. This isn't one of those things. I'm not one of those preachers that says, God will curse you or bless you if you do or don't give. That's crazy. God will bless you no matter what you do. Because that's God's heart is to bless. But if you don't have the money, that's okay. That's fine. But if you have a friend that you think might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. That helps out immensely too. I hope you're enjoying this series. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about God in the way of silence, in the way of the via negativa, how to find God in our suffering and in our pain and in silence. Until then, you can find everything that I do over at wisdomscry.com. And until next time, may God bless you and keep you ever growing in wisdom. Amen.